There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Broadway and Hollywood star Norm Lewis performs a pair of shows at Wolf Trap this weekend. We spoke earlier this year about his stage and screen career, from being the first black phantom of the opera to acting across the late Chadwick Boseman in Spike Lee's The Five Bloods. I'm Audra McDonald, six-time <laughs> Tony winner. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm Norm Lewis. I'm just the lowly Norm Lewis. Yeah, just a lowly, you know, Broadway icon. No, no big deal. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Or Audra McDonald, either way. You, it's your choice whether you want to do this interview as her or... I, listen, I, I'll go back and forth. I'll, I'll figure out which voice I'll use. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll stick with Norm, so our okay. listeners aren't confused. <laughs> you just work with Spike friggin' Lee. Oh, Sp- is that his name, Spike? <laughs> <laughs> the Five Bloods just won um, National Board of Review's Best Movie of the Year. Um Woo! Yeah, congratulations. (laughs) Um, Talk about how exciting it was to be on that set. And then, you know, not to mention that, you know, the eerily prescient scene of Chadwick Boseman as an angel saying, I forgive you, blood. I'm, you know, I died for you. I mean, come on. That's just, you can't plan for that stuff. No, it's, it's, it was amazing. I mean, it was the first time I've ever been on such a big budgeted sort of project. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to do some other things, but this was like big budget. And and so we were in Thailand for three months and then we went to Vietnam and shot some of the exteriors there. So it was just great to be in the mix of people I admired, Daryl Lindo and Isaiah Washington and, and uh, Chadwick Boseman. And oh my God, what's the musical theater guy? Clark Peters, sorry. Clark, I love you. And to to be part of that ensemble and to be led by Spike Lee, who knew exactly what he wanted, but also he was so freeing to kind of, because a lot of the lines are made up. He changed some lines in the in the middle of the scene. He's like, okay, stop, cut, cut, say this. I think your, your character would say this. And then he would say, what would uh, Eddie say in this moment? You know, so a lot of the stuff was made up or we improvised. And, and then to be with Chadwick and him just doing everything that we did because we were there for six weeks before he got there and we had like a boot camp to learn how to shoot guns and how to hold them and and how to um you know run we were running on terrain he was doing exactly what we were doing and probably more and now to know that he was sick during that whole time just was i mean i i i can't even i can't even i just can't even um but you know he's He's definitely someone that will be remembered for that. And also Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And I, I don't know. Uh, I've just been, I'm, I'm so inspired by him, even now in his, his demise and his you know, death, just to give my all now, because you just never know when your time is up. But wow. uh, Spike Lee is a genius. Um, 
And again, like I said, I felt like I was in such a safe kind of uh, comfort zone with those veterans. And even the new person that is on the scene, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Majors, who is the son of Delroy Lindo in the show, he's going to blow up. You're going to see him just completely blow up. Oh, he, so, are, he already is. I remember I remember seeing him in uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco last right, year. And then right. this year, Lovecraft Country was massive. Right, exactly. And he's got a, he's been working on some, even during this pandemic, he's been working on a few other projects. I'm like, Jesus, man, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm very proud of the fact that we got to do what we did. It came out when it came out because it was at, at the height of where we were societally and politically. And I think more people saw it because of the fact that it was in people's homes as opposed to it being in the theater. So I think it was kind of serendipitous that all of this happened at once. You bragged on Bozeman and Lindo and the rest of the cast, but brag on yourself a little bit. Remind some of our listeners where you grew up. How, how did you get into to theater? Because I know you made your Broadway debut in The Who's Tommy in like 93, but how did you get from Florida to Broadway, my man? <laughs> God, that's such a it's, a, it's a long story. So I'll try to make it uh, like encapsulate it very quickly. I didn't know I could sing until I was 17. I ended up, uh, I sang in choir in church, but it was just a rite of passage. I just did it because I was very much into the church. My dad and my grandfather were, you know, leaders in the church. Um, then in high school, they put me in home economics for an elective. And I was like, I don't want to sew and cook right now at age 16. So, so I went to guidance counselor and I said, I need to get into another elective. And I said, you know what? I'm, I sing in church. I'll, I'll make an easy grade and sing in choir and in school and make an A, you know, and meet some girls and the whole thing. And that was when I had my aha moment. I had never sung different music in different languages. I had never sung Broadway stuff. So it just opened up a whole new world for me. And I kept going with that, even in college, but I didn't major in music. I majored in business, but it was always a sideline. Cut to after college, I got a job working in advertising for uh, the, new, the Orlando Sentinel. And uh, I did that. I thought that was going to be my life. But I sang at night in different contests or I sang at weddings and things like that. And someone saw me singing at a contest and he was a producer for a cruise ship and asked me after the contest, he said, hey, how would you like to sing on my cruise? I need someone to replace this guy who just left. And I you know, thought about it, I thought about it. My fiance at the time said, you know what? You try it, just see what happens. My boss at work said, you know what? You don't wanna be 85 years old saying coulda, woulda, shoulda. So that's what I did. I met people who were professionals. They encouraged me to move to New York and the rest is history. <laughs> I love it. Um, there's so many of your shows that I want to ask you about that roles, Broadway roles, but I'll move through them kind of quickly, really quick. Okay. How cool was it to play Billy Flynn in the Broadway revival of Chicago? People always ask me it, what out of all the characters I've ever played, which one is closest to you? And I, I would say Billy Flynn because he's such a charmer and he's such a, you know, a showman and all this kind of stuff and wanting to get things done. Billy Flynn, it was, it was a dream come true because uh, and I actually would love to do it again. Uh, it's just, we just haven't had our schedules match up again, but uh, yeah, loved it. Awesome. And then of course, uh, I think you've several times, right? Les Mis in, in the 2006 Broadway revival was one of the times you played it. How cool was that role? Uh, you may know me from roles such as, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. I, uh, God, there's a long story to that. And that's, uh, I don't want to get into that right now, but 
um, <laughs> luckily I got into the show finally. And then um, to be asked like, you know, some years later, uh, uh, four, I guess six years later, four years later, uh, to be asked to do the 25th anniversary. And then while I was there, he said, you know, would you like to do the West End? And I said, yeah. So I've had several incarnations of that show and it's, and it's, it's new each time. You find out different things about that character each time. So it was great. Awesome. Um, and then I believe, didn't you originate King Triton in the Disney <laughs> Little Mermaid? Adaptation? Why, yes, I did, Jason. Um, <laughs> um, yes, it was an honor to be, because what I loved about Disney, and I want to give kudos to Disney, was the fact that they, they did see the foresight to have someone of color play that role, and it didn't matter. And, and I remember going in with a black man, another black man, an Asian man, and a couple of uh, Caucasian men, and they wanted to pick from from that pool. Luckily, I was picked from that because any one of those guys could have played the part. But I was picked from that, and it it did open the door because from that moment, a lot of times, uh, even around the country, when they did regional productions of it, or you know, whenever they did it, whatever, um, they did specifically look for someone of color to play the role. Not all the time did it work out, but it, it did open that door. So I was glad to be the, the, the original one. It's such a beloved uh, part. It's cool. You yeah. Play it. um, mm -hmm. How cool was it to be sitting there nominated at, for a Tony for Porgy and Bess, just sitting there in the audience? Um, just what was that whole experience like? That must just be the pinnacle. I have to give uh, uh, Michael McElroy, who had, always, had been nominated before for Big River, he told me, he said, just breathe. He said, just, just slow down and breathe through this whole process because it's going to go by so quickly and it's exciting and all that stuff. And I was honored to be nominated to be in the show and to work with that Audra McDonald woman. You know, she's up and coming. And um, also, you play her in an interview, I hear. I play her in an interview, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's <laughs> part of my special skills on my CV. But um, but, but it was, it was funny because I didn't really think I was going to win. I mean, I, you know, uh, 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 what's his name who for once, oh my God, I forgot the young Steve Kazee, Steve Kazee was the front runner and everybody was re you know, talking about him or even Danny Burstein. I think they were talking about them in the press. So I just kind of left it alone. I just said, you know, it's an honor to be in the room, but there was that slight moment right when they were like ripping open the envelope. And I said, what if, oh my God, what if? And when they said Steve Kazee, there was a double sort of like feeling going on. I said, oh, I'm disappointed, but then, oh, thank God. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. All right, well, let's do one more. Um, you did, of course, we got to talk Phantom. Um, Phantom of the Opera, first black Phantom ever, I believe on Broadway. You mentioned, you know, how that was a pioneering thing with King Triton, but um how how you think groundbreaking and you know important was it that you paved the way on that in that role i mean that role is just one of the broadway icons yeah it, it one of those shows that i i saw i would listen to and i was uh you know i kept saying to myself i want to be in this in this show and actually in this role and then i saw robert guillaume never i never saw him do the role but i saw you know pictures of him i saw video of him and so i stand on his shoulders but i figured robert was a star and that was how he got it. But he also had the chops. It wasn't stunt casting. But um, I, I figured, God, I got to get a, I got to be a star in order to play this role. Um, and luckily, this opportunity came about. And my my brother, Hugh Panero, I call we, we call each other brother. 
he was playing phantom and he's he told me early he said i'm gonna not renew my contract and i said oh great <laughs> so maybe this is a chance and then after that they uh they called me in and i just remember going into the audition with these amazing other guys that we all know um and i went in there with this feeling of you know what i felt the souls of people who were living and also are uh, passed away of black men who i knew uh, paul robeson william warfield uh, Andre De Shields, Ken, uh, Ken Page, and all of them, right before I went out on the stage to audition for Hal Prince, I felt their voices say, go get it. And I, I relaxed right after that. And I just did my thing. And the next thing I knew, I, I ended up getting it. And it was bigger than me being the first African-American to play it on Broadway. It was bigger than that because I would meet people after the show and they were from Brazil or Japan or China. And they were saying, now I feel like I can play the role. So it was, it's, I'm glad to have that distinction of being the first African-American to play it on Broadway, but it's bigger than me. And I, I'm glad to be the person to kind of open that door. That's gotta be a really cool feeling, especially yeah. when other people come to you and say that feedback, like, wow, I, you made it so I could play the role. Like that's right. unbelievable. Um, all right, cool. Well then in, in terms of locally, um, I know that you played Sweeney Todd back at Signature years ago. And then recently you were at the Kennedy Center for a music man. I, when I got the offer to go down there, I thought it was actually for Anthony. And I said, wow, I'm a little too old for Anthony, but I'll do, I'll do it. But no, he said, no, I want you to play Sweeney. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and so it just kind of blossomed from that. And that really opened my because I played it three times now and it's because of the first time being down at signature of that garage. You never know who you're going to work with or for later on. You got, I remember Rob Ashford. I remember Jerry Mitchell. I remember Sergio Trujillo all were in the chorus of shows when I was coming up and now I'm going in front of them auditioning for them. So be nice to everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, great talking to Five Bloods and Phantom and everything. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.